got some questions. Go to go! You're feeling stressed, man. Go to go! Put on your GPS and go to go! I'm sure the dirt, something is glistening. Download and listen to Tia, Katie, Chris, and Kirsten. You should go to go! Ooh. Well, I thought it was funny. I I was like looking back over the the notes from our last episode and it was like three-ish plus weeks ago. And yeah. it was just funny, like how quickly things have changed. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been wild. <laughs> like we were in the studio uh, at the beginning of March yeah. and we were talking about how like, oh, uh, you know, like the best advice we had was, you know, wash your hands and like, don't cough on people. And <laughs> now it's like, man, what a different world we live in. Right. It's very surreal. Um, as I mentioned, my daughter's doing high school in the living room, um, which is great. And it's been an interesting um, experience. It's been very good. Actually, I was a little um, I don't know if I'd say worried, but anxious about how it would go and how I'd make time for my work and then make sure I can help her get comfortable and familiar with the tools that she's using and needing to do, use. Because uh, one of the things I think we forget, or a lot of people, a lot of adults forget, is that teens um, and even college kids, like, yeah, they use technology all the time, but they may not necessarily know how to make an Excel spreadsheet or turn something in online. They don't know how to do the editing or um, other type of proofing that we do and associate with computer work because when, I don't know, I took a computer class in high school, like learning how to type, which included like word processor, Excel spreadsheets, like these office products were sort of the, the beginning of learning to use technology. And that is not the way it goes anymore. So um, being like, oh, okay, you know, what do you know? I don't know what you know or don't know. So like being able to walk through things um, and explore different technologies. And also one of the cool things that's been neat is allowing her the time and flexibility to go down interesting rabbit holes like in sciences yeah um which is really cool and is something i think that we take for granted in college especially in grad school like it is our job to chase this rabbit hole as far as it will allow us to <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like in high school it's very much like you have 90 minutes and then you have to stop switch hats, go to the next thing, and then somehow later be able to remember where you stopped at and continue the process um, for multiple subjects. And I mean, you know, that was also undergrad to a limited ex extent, but there was a lot more time to really dig in um, on any of those subjects. So it's neat to see that it's like, oh, okay, you know, Sitara's not always been a big fan of school and um, has had challenges, but it's not due to anything other than just the chaos of the environment and the inability to really feel interested and dig into anything, I think. So it's neat to, to see that grow. But that's my parenting from home 
side of, of things. Um, and I know we all are doing different kinds of work from home. Uh, I'm finishing, trying to still finish my master's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you have a real job too. Yeah, but it, it's been <laughs> nicer to like, I think the transition has been a little easier from work to working on thesis during this time. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be more stressful, but it's actually been nice to be like three o'clock, close one computer, open the other computer, <laughs> and, and then like have two hours dedicated to that. Like I don't have to do the commuting. I don't have to pack up my stuff. I don't have to, you know, yeah. it's been a little easier to switch my brain for some reason. Yeah. But it's still struggle bus. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you, Chris? uh i'm i'm very fortunate and i'm I'm thankful that i'm in the position i'm in where um i have some job security and um th with the role that i'm in it's mostly overhead work rather than like billable project work so um nice i also have some small projects that have been rolling in um so you know like my day-to-day -day hasn't really changed that much um so I'm, I'm still hunting for projects and, um, it's, it's just kind of weird, you know, it's, it's like things uh, like CRM projects that are out on the public bid have really slowed down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a reflection of, um, a lot of offices and agencies either closing altogether or adjusting to working from home or, you know, not meeting as often as they would to, you know, put projects together and, and put out these requests for proposals or bids and stuff. Um, so it's just kind of like, I don't know, same old, same old, but, um, the folks I work with, uh, are used to working remotely. So there hasn't been much of a learning curve for us. Um, it, other offices throughout the company, I think are kind of going through some growing pains, yeah. Um, adjusting to online tools and adjusting to kind of this, um, I don't know the best way to describe it, but it's like our, our, our work day has changed. It's not just like an eight hour block of time in the office. It's kind of like asynchronous because we have to, you know, we have, we have to deal with lives at home. Like you've, you've got Sitara at home and, you know, other people have kids at home too. Um, and so it's kind of like learning that a lot of meetings could just be emails uh, or like <laughs> you yeah. can just ping someone on Slack <laughs> and it doesn't have to be a phone call. And, you know, like there, there are just other ways to get visibility on, you know, the status of projects and stuff. And yeah, uh, so it's just funny, like a, a lot of meetings can and should be emails and like a lot of emails just probably don't need to be sent anyhow. But uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, I'm definitely going a little stir crazy, like being cooped up inside. I'd take the dogs for walks in the mornings when I can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just funny. Like, uh, like on our last episode, we were, we were talking about like Lewis Borg's field school and we're like, oh, well, you know, some international field schools have been canceled, but, you know, <laughs> as far as we knew three weeks ago, <laughs> uh, Lewis Bork's field school was still going to go on. And now it's like everything's canceled. Yeah. Everything like normal life is canceled. Even going to the grocery store is very stressful. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. It's, I don't know. It's fascinating at the same time. Some of it is, is there's so much unknown. 
it's not like people can really plan yeah. for, you know, being out of work for a certain amount of time. It's kind of like when people ask me from other states and friends and stuff, they're like, oh, well, how long is Oregon on lockdown? I'm like, kind of indefinitely. <laughs> like, <laughs> until school year. And, and yeah. it was basically until we don't need to be anymore. Like, right. <laughs> Um, the, the benefit of that, though, I see the upside is that there's definitely seems to be less. I mean, it's we're getting hit harder, but it's n- not. Or at least knock on wood, um, there, there hasn't been a spike yet um, when we were kind of I wouldn't say the early, but probably in the first 10 states to really feel um, feel it. So it's it'll be interesting to see how it develops. But I think the governor did it, made a good choice to flatten the curve as one might say through not just social distancing, but sending everyone home (laughs) though, you know, we'll see how all the recovery packages play out and that's, that'll be its own thing that'll happen over the next, course the next year or two probably yeah it's it's for me it's been a lot of like trying to stay as informed as possible um Mm -hmm. so that we can you know try and keep business going so that you know people can still get paychecks um yeah but the balance is like staying as informed as possible versus like kind of freaking myself out and kind of learning learning some new like burnout prevention tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- one of the things that I've been doing is like, I, I call them brain breaks where uh, I'll just, <clears throat> I do like kind of two different types of brain breaks. Uh, one is like, I'll turn all notifications off, like shut my email off, shut, s- shut like Slack off, shut my, like put my phone on do not disturb and just like hunker down on a task that I'm working on. Yeah. And then the other kind of brain break that I, I do is uh, I'll just like go lay down on the couch or like go lay down in bed and like just goof off on like a game or something or like pick up the guitar, uh, anything to like get my mind off things. Cause it's like, it's, it, I've just been feeling like it, it, it gets heavier every day mm-hmm. uh, and it's only been two weeks. So I'm, I'm just like, I've, <laughs> I've got to be in this for the long haul and got to like take good care of myself because Yeah. Can't, I can't be burning out this fast. No. Yeah, I've been taking some of the same approaches with the, the breaks on my notifications. Mm-hmm. Um, so I apologize if I'm not responding as fast. Like I don't get the pop-up anymore on my phone. Um, I've had a quiet like group text. Like they're hilarious, but I'm like, I like I start feeling the weird pressure of like, do I need to respond? Like I, yeah. so having to just kind of cut that off and being like, no, this is good. People are communicating, but I don't have to always be right there on. in it. Yeah. I don't always have to be on. You can kind of step away and be like, Oh, that was really funny. And then move away <laughs> from it. <laughs> so I've, I've been taking the same steps. Yeah. It's definitely helpful to be able to just, I don't know. I think in some ways this whole situation will definitely have an impact in the long run on how we communicate with each other and also taking for granted the fact that we can go (laughs) (laughs) wherever. Remember places and how we could go to them? (laughs) 
I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, back in my day. Right. I'm. I've been trying to take walks regularly, do workouts in the living room occasionally. Um, otherwise, just trying to appreciate spring springing is the best way to put it all the flowers yeah. coming out and just kind of watching as things bloom and blossom and begin to bud and um that has been helpful in just grounding and getting myself out of my head a little bit um i've been working on my ukulele skills which are nice. small um but definitely music or some sort of creative outlet. The other night I had uh, the three of us sit down and art. I'm like, pick your arting medium. We're gonna art together. I don't care what you do. We're gonna sit down in the living room for a few hours and just do something. So that was fun. We each did something a little different and yeah. So just something creative, um, music or drawing or coloring or you know, singing can all be something that's just getting out of the technology, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I have not been going to the grocery store. That is my fiance's new job that he decided Sing! to take on. So that's, yeah, that was, he's like, okay, I'm going once a week. So so Tara and I have been working on making meal plans and grocery lists because if we forget something, like, <laughs> too bad. Um, oh, puppies. It's been, that's been its own experience too. Because I've been in, I don't know how your guys' grocery shopping, um, like, routines have been in the past, but for me it was always, like, every couple of days or two, like, yeah, we, we would have the big shop, and then if there was, like, one little item that, or we wanted to make a change to a recipe, we can easily just pop to the store on the way back home. That's yeah. usually what we did, but now we're eating everything. Nothing is going to waste. I'm actually, this is a, I, I see this as a positive, being really good about, like, using all ingredients and using it all up and not yeah. letting it go bad. Yeah, for sure. That's been my case too. Like we, we've been putting a lot more time and energy into planning our meals and planning out all the ingredients and kind of planning when things need to come out of the freezer to thaw so that we can prep them a few days later. Um, and like we stocked up, it was, it was hard to like also budget for it because everything happened so quickly. It was like, yeah. uh, all of a sudden we were like, oh, we have to stock up for like a month of food because we don't know what's going to happen. And so we did a pretty good job of like planning, you know, how to use uh, food for several weeks and, mm -hmm. you know, freeze certain things. And um, we went to the grocery store like uh, at the end of last week um, to kind of replenish some fresh things like vegetables. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like it's just been kind of working through canned things and more shelf stable things or stuff that was frozen. Uh, but I think that's a habit I want to kind of keep up is like you said, Katie, like nothing goes to waste anymore. Like we're really we're getting creative. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of wraps. Like we're like, this can go in a wrap. This yeah. is kind of getting old. I don't want to eat this salad anymore. Let's just wrap it. 
That's <laughs> and a great tasty. idea. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to eat leftovers? Tough. <laughs> Put it in a wrap. What else oh, is yeah. there to eat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the the eternal teenage uh, challenge, of course. <laughs> I don't want to eat anything I ate yesterday or this morning. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. luck. I don't think it's a teenage problem. No. It's downstairs right now. But <laughs> <laughs> Man, sometimes. I mean, I've always had a habit of, you know, I do prep cooking and uh, use ingredients and leftovers till they're gone um and some of that's just being a single parent for so long it became habit uh but definitely for all three of us and now that she's older she she got we got to the point where i'm like cool you do the meal planning and cooking so that's her new uh i get got to (laughs) hand that over recently i'm helping her out but it's been a fun challenge so that's awesome. It's also been fun, you know, as, as fun as it can be. Um, but it's been fun, like having our, our like weekly happy hour. Yeah. And all the other kind of online uh, socials. I've, I've found that I've been actually talking to my friends a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, I have a, a weekly Dungeons and Dragons uh, thing where we we have like a zoom call set up and we use online tools to play uh, and that's been a lot of fun but then it's also just kind of spontaneous things like friends will uh, <laughs> friends will facetime and it's like all the whole charade's been dropped now it's it's like i can have bedhead i can be in my pajamas <laughs> like, i don't care man i'm not going anywhere yeah no one is <laughs> that's, that's the fun part yeah, yeah no i i agree i think there've been some uh, definitely a lot more socializing in certain social circles than I had normally been doing. Um, our burning man camp had a social this last Friday. Um, so there were 12 of us on a zoom call and that was fantastic. And we had never done anything like that before. You know, usually we'll get together in small groups here and there throughout the year. And then, you know, the big, camp once a year but that may not happen this year even so um and some of our campmates are in that um older group some are uh, have immunity issues so it's really neat to be able to have everyone together online and there's less pressure i think for some people on you know um a social stage as far as mobility because uh, sometimes like when some people get together we'll do like bar hopping or whatnot um and that's not always possible for everyone in the group so it's nice to be able to be a little bit more inclusive and solid uh, especially for those of us with kids and uh it, yeah it's just it's been interesting i think i talk to my sisters more than i ever have um so yeah, I think you're totally spot on there, Chris. There's there's a lot more family and friend communications than before. So. Or you start to realize how bad some family members are at communicating. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I thought my dad was great at communicating and they were they made it safely back to Michigan because they left Florida 
Mm. And I texted him the other day. I was like, did you guys make it back to Michigan? Like, you're supposed to text me when you get to Michigan. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, unloading the Airstream right now. And I'm like, you said, <laughs> but text me. Or like your your wife, like my stepmom could text me like anything. So I was like, oh, right. I see how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Working on it. <laughs> Getting better. Yeah. Slowly but surely. It's also interesting to see the differential of how pe how different states are handling. Yeah. Things. Yeah. But I don't know. How is Chris, you talked a bit about how archaeology is going from your angle. Yeah, I I keep kind of like going back and forth between like wanting to think really hard about how the the rest of the industry, the CRM industry is going. Um, and then also just kind of being like, that's, uh, I, I can't go into that kind of doom and gloom territory just yet. <laughs> We're not there but, yet. No. Yeah. And like you said earlier on, it's, it's like, we don't really know where it's going to go. We don't know what's yeah. going to happen. So I'm trying not to obsess over it, but also trying to stay Good. vigilant. And so it's like, um, the things that are concerning are, you know, like I mentioned, uh, public bids are slowing down. Um, and I think that's going to kind of have like a little bit of a, a backlog effect on the industry overall. Like I think work's going to slow down a little bit, but for companies or offices that have a backlog of work already, you know, it's just kind of like work through your projects yeah. and kind of be clever about who you use in which role so that you can keep everybody working. Um, but the things that are concerning are like on the bigger level, uh, you know, the Trump administration announced, uh, you know, they're rolling back a lot of the EPA protections and yeah. there's been, uh, you know, rumblings and rumors that that could have creep on uh, the cultural resources aspects of, of like mm. how CRM works on NEPA projects or, um, you know, the, the rumors that have been concerning are, is NHPA next? Um, yeah. So that's kind of like, I'm trying to stay vigilant on it, but also trying not to, you know, get too pessimistic over it and just kind of. Yeah, keep an eye know, out day by day everything's different yeah well and it's also interesting the saa um government um uh, group uh they what's the word i'm looking for um basically the uh lobbying group for saa um and the people who communicate to the rest of us what's going on um <coughs> has been active in that one of those reports just came out recently and that looks like things are pretty active. The NEPA thing came up as being particularly um, concerning, but there are also some positives and I can't remember them offhand right now, and, but we can, you know, probably post a link or something uh, to that information. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's some surprisingly good things. I think um, we got an increase in funding for cultural heritage work through the recent budget that was passed and even within the stimulus. So I don't know how that's going to play out in the end, if it's where, because cultural is such a huge world, um, if that's going to be mostly in like um, heritage programs, like through the national parks or something like that. Um, so we'll see yeah. how that 
plays out. But yeah, there's there's a lot of uncertainty around the university system as well when it comes to students attending, um, going, some people went back home. Different universities have had different reactions. OSU has kept the campus, it's closed with utility or, or um, important uh, access things open. So there's like the student union and there's another um, building that's open for internet access and use. The library is closed. Um, there is the health center and something else is still open, but they haven't closed the dorms. And some mm -hmm. of that is, is to try and keep people from moving around too much. So instead of sending these kids home to their parents, um, trying to kind of, you know, keep, keep the mobility down um yeah and so there's a lot of restrictions on that they've moved to an online teaching platform for the entirety of spring term um but i know other universities like penn state actually kicked all of their students out they evicted everyone um and without really a whole lot of uh direction so like grad students or people that didn't have home to go back to were kind of stuck out on the street and there was a lot of outcry um, that I saw online about that and a couple other places as well. So I know the reaction is varied across the board and it would be interesting to hear people's experiences with that. Um, and uh, yeah, the funding's kind of all over the place. Some stuff, programs have stopped, like you're saying, with field schools going down. Um, the, a lot of, uh, NSF funded stuff I think is still going depending but like if it's not considered active research or active important uh, research for the universities they you know may or may not have access to the lab uh, for certain researchers um, I cannot enter my lab that I'm working in but I do have uh, some the lab employees they're doing the work uh, finishing my work for me which is really exciting um, <laughs> Well, that's nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be good. And it also allows me to focus a little bit more on uh, statistics and, and refining um, some of the ancillary pieces, like the maps and such. Um, and we'll we'll see how all that comes out. But, you know, there's also, I'm not the only project that they're working on to try and push through. So we'll see. Um, timetables are, again, you know, up in the air and not just for me but you know for a lot of people so I know the high schools are having a hard time they're still trying to figure out how to modify or graduation requirements if they're out for the rest of the year um, I know some places in the country are closed for the remainder of the school year um, so far Portland Public Schools is only closed until April 28th but that may change um, and so we'll see how all that goes. I mean, luckily she's only a sophomore, but like any of the kids that are juniors and seniors that can't take their SATs or ACTs or, you know, any of those entrance exams. I know a lot of universities are, um, waiving some of those test requirements. Uh, so that's something also if, you know, anyone knows people doing that road right now or, know people who are 
something to keep in mind. It just is with them waiving these tests, is it kind of proving that I hate to say this, I didn't do well on my SATs, um, that they're kind of not like a good barometer. Like, you know, they're it's kind of like, why yeah. have them if if we can wave them so easily? Yeah. Then why do we have them? It's, just, yeah. That's I'm sorry. A, no, that's an, a really good uh, point to make. And that's something that I think a lot of higher institutions have been talking about for like the last decade, especially the last five years or so. Uh, some universities have been excluding them or being really loose about it or being like, you should take it and submit it. Some of it's like, can you sit for a test? And, you know, is academia something that's really for you? Um, not that it sh test taking should be part of that, but you know, that's part of the experience. Um, mm. or is it all just a money-making scheme by the companies that make the SAT, that, ACT yeah, and GRE? Yes. All of those are totally money-making schemes because they also sell the test, uh, study prep as well. Yeah. But that's another yeah, no, and that's something that a lot of universities are actually prioritizing, especially if you're looking at liberal arts subjects, um, prioritizing uh, your essays and other sort of entrance uh, things, recommendations or whatnot. So there's a lot out there, but there's also a big turn um, in high school now to also look at non-college options to help balance out people who are taking on way too much student debt. Um, so that's another really fascinating conversation. It was one of the assignments that um, Satara had in the last couple of days was watching this film about student debt and, you know, where that came from and all that jazz. And so we had a long conversation about stuff like that. And I think that's a conversation that I think many of us uh, did not have with our parents, even yeah. if they did have college backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's neat to see even in the way the world is changing so rapidly, like these other changes, I feel like are still happening in the background even though we don't necessarily see them because so many of us are working from home and still making wheels turn, which makes this, I feel like I'm rambling, but like the uh, economy, have you guys seen some of the studies on the economy right now? I haven't. I've, I've seen a few, <laughs> but it's like, sometimes I'll post something on like Twitter or my personal Facebook and I just get like, lectured by all these nerds on like all the different <laughs> types of money and i'm like sorry i don't know all the different breeds of money oh but wow it's no it's like to to be more serious about it it's like uh what i have read is is just kind of like the sheer num like this the amount of money that's been poured into like bailouts and infusions and these stimulus packages and kind of like why it's a stimulus and what makes it a stimulus. Mm -hmm. uh, that part's kind of interesting, but the part that's really frustrating is that uh, banks and like CEOs and shareholders like for uh, publicly traded companies seem to be benefiting the most out of these stimulus packages. Yeah. And the the philosophy behind that is still this you know very outdated trickle down 
philosophy and the people who are really hurting day to day are not getting the help they need. And so yeah. here we are, April 1st, and I read some, I, I read a, a figure that surprised me that um, in LA, uh, it was estimated about 40% of tenants are going to uh, go on rent strike today. Wow. Um, and the Willamette Week today in Portland uh, published an article on how to legally go on rent strike. Um, and there's, I've been impressed to see that uh, in Portland, there's a, a tenant's rights movement that's pretty strong. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, it's a really interesting time, you know, where yeah. uh, you're going to see, I, I think one of the things that's, that's really interesting about kind of like where we are in a cultural moment is there's a lot of frustration economically and socially and politically because it's all, you know, tied together. But like, um, we're not allowed to go outside. So we can't protest in our traditional forms because we'll get arrested or very yeah. sick or die. And so the <laughs> tools that are, right. yeah, the tools that are available to us are, you know, like rent strike or general strike. And I've seen, you know, like Britney Spears, for example, is calling for a general strike and like Fran Drescher is calling for a general strike. And it's like these people who I had never thought would have been like clued in on that, that kind of like, uh, you know, political or social commentary yeah. are now calling for like Snoop Dogg called for a rent strike, nationwide rent strike. And I was like, wow, comrade Snoop, welcome to the resistance. <laughs> He's always been a sleeper. Yeah. Um, sleeper cell. Well, yeah. I mean, there's so much going on. It's ins it's crazy for how much everything has stopped. Um, and I've seen some com people, some comparisons to other economic downturns, like the Great Recession, in that like we have ten times more people claiming unemployment in one single moment than through the entirety of uh, the Great Recession just ten years ago, twelve years ago. So. Um, there's that, but then there, it's so much different. Like you were saying, I mean, we don't have a choice. We, people had to, it's not like people are not spending or have gotten fired. It's everyone's been laid off and indefinitely or for however much time and just except for specific industries, which are doing in some ways quite well in other ways they're going on strike because of the safety uh, concerns that many of them have, rightly so. So there's, it's really interesting to see how different this is going to play out uh, because it's not comparable to anything else that we've gone through. Um, yeah. I mean, if anything, there's there's a big focus on on what money people do spend, spending it locally. Um, there is some concern about making sure to, you know, I've seen people be like, okay, let's make sure that we order from a local pizza place or a local delivery food restaurant um, that's still open once a week or something um, in order to help support people who, you know, are being hit by this the hardest. Um, well, maybe not the hardest, but pretty close. Um, and Portland being so local business focused, it is a ghost town here. Like you have grocery stores, sure, but like there aren't, 
at least, you know, in the central part of the city where we live, um, all of us live really, there's, there's not like a Walmart a mile from here. Like it's a ways <laughs> out there. I don't even know. Yeah. I, I don't even know the closest one right now. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and so like the big box stuff that tends to be in my mind, um, more pressured to stay open during times like this is not really an option for most people in Portland. Um, aside from maybe Amazon would take that place. Um, and even we're trying to limit stuff that we decide to order or purchase just because we don't want to give people more reason to risk themselves. Um, so there's sort of this back and forth between like, okay, shall we do what we can to help support our local economy? And then how much do we want to endanger the people who are working the delivery services? So, but they still need a paycheck. So there's, there's always that balance. And then how much did the stimulus really help people in those positions, you know? And that's where it's kind of like, in my mind, and I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this, but like, in my mind, a lot of the financial fallout is very much like, it's, our society has decided to make the economy second and our health first is the way I see what's kind of rolling out. Some people are trying to still make it first place, our lovely president being one of them. Um, but I think if we can figure out as a society and as a government to float this financially, we're gonna come out swinging as far as everyone's gonna want to go outside and do shit once we can go outside and do shit and we know that we'll be safe again. So it'll be interesting to see how this bounce back will occur because that's, that's my eight ball guess is that we'll, we'll all be ready to spend money if we have it um, once we're done. I think you're exactly right. And it's, it's strange. Like, like you hit the nail right on the head about how like there's nothing to compare this to because we have a public health crisis that caused an economic crisis. And now we're kind of in this chicken or the egg moment where it's like, you know, do we keep people working and risk their lives or do, you know, we suffer the economy? Um, and, you know, we're seeing uh, some pretty ghastly, you know, statements and policies coming out of this. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's no way to, like th there's no way to survive this if we don't take care of the people affected by it. And it's, mm -hmm. it's going to be all the people out of work, all the people who are, you know, getting either reductions or missed pay uh, yeah. on this. Um, and yeah, it, it's scary. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to make my mind go down too far down the rabbit hole there. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and, um, really quick, it kind of, turns around because like when everything kind of start opens up again restaurants can kind of open and kind of be immediately ready but I wonder how this is going to actually affect our our like CRM work and um, kind of section 106 because we can't immediately bounce back on some of these projects like that do get delayed like it could be a year or two years of delays for work yeah. in that sense so I don't know if 
yeah. we're not being affected hard now, but if maybe in a year we might actually then feel the effects because mm-hmm. of the delays. So. And also it could be distributed, you know, kind of patchy through, you know, throughout the country, you know, like we could see kind of waves of this virus and waves of economic slowdown too, where, you know, some parts of the country, you know, it might pop back up and, Mm. you know, there might have to be extreme measures taken to, you know, go into even stricter lockdowns, um, even stricter, you know, shutdowns of, of entire industry sectors. Um, Because right now what I'm seeing is for the most part, like construction is still going on um, and the infrastructure is still going on. Um, And so, CRM as a support industry for all that is still going on. It's just, you know, the logistics of doing field work and, you know, getting transportation and lodging figured out and, you know, just doing the field work is trickier because you have so many safety concerns to take into account. Um, Well, especially some of the newer studies that say how long the COVID virus stays on surfaces and even in the air is way longer than anyone really had originally thought. Um, And especially indoors, less so outside, but um, going into a hotel sounds really sketchy to me right now. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know, maybe like a, one of those like motels that open into like just the general parking area might be safer than like, you know, a bigger hotel with an indoor everything. Um, I don't know. It, it would be interesting to see um, how I, I haven't taken a close look at those studies, but you know, we've been watching pretty closely. Um, Nate's at work right now at the hospital. So it's his first day back in a while. We'll see. He had vacation off for about the last week and um, he wasn't able to get, additional work because they were ended up cutting um and this is probably across the board with all hospitals cutting elective well they have been as they cut elective procedures um so that staff are available um, but until like there's a really big increase which there hasn't been um at his institution um they're kind of got a lot of staff hanging around so um hopefully we won't get any sort of giant influx, but I know you and um, U of M University of Michigan hospital uh, recently put out a statement that they are expecting full capacity by April 9th. Um, and that's scary. Cause that is a very large hospital. That's like larger than OHSU. Yeah. Um, and that's just obscene. And some of that has to do with the response that some of those states have been able to do. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the stuff on um, some of the democratic states have not been able to get the medical equipment from the federal government because it has been rumored. And there's been several different stories on this, but I haven't really dug into um, where the information is coming from. But apparently Trump has been telling a lot of the medical um, resource people to not give the equipment to people who have not been supportive of him right away, like to prioritize, um, 
governments and states that that have been. Uh, and that was part of the critique that like Cuomo had for New York because uh, they're at quite a shortage. But it's hard to say partly like there's this federal pool of extra supplies that might be available and how to distribute that fairly and quickly and as you know fairly as possible is is a difficult decision to make because there's a differential uh, population as well as impact and it's just hard to say because you know there's just so much need and potential need but nothing that we know of certain, but, and I have a whole other soapbox on the Defense Production Act I'm not gonna get into, but that's another, I might write a blog post on that one or something. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's a bit much. Very well said though. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's a complicated issue and, and we're looking at, you know, kind of uh, this perfect storm of, uh, poor leadership and it just gross incompetence yeah. at the federal level. Uh, this, you know, like people are dying, man. It's, yeah. there's no way to take this too seriously. No, but luckily I think a lot of governors are really doing well, I would say yeah. with potentially the exception of some who have decided to ignore it until too late, but um, by and large, I think there's been a really good response mm -hmm. in most states. Um, Mardi Gras shouldn't have happened. Put that out there. <laughs> yeah, spring break in Florida. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, did you hear about the dad that wouldn't let his son back into his house because he told him, don't go <laughs> to spring break. I'm not going to yeah. let you back in. And he's not allowed back. He's like, find somewhere else. Good. Yeah. That's what happens when you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and you, like, I don't know, college kids, man, I just, you have the ability to be intelligent about this. Don't be stupid. But it's break. not just, come you. on. You have other years to go. <laughs> you got four years in total. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I know y'all uh, have a lot to do today yes. and yeah. uh thanks for joining for a, a quick lunch session yeah um, yeah well i'm tinkering with a, a bunch of different platforms discord looks like a fun platform that we could start doing some more kind of interactive things with our uh listeners um and other archaeologists um i think i figured out how to stream the movie don verdine um so we'll figure out a date and put that out on social media uh, yeah and then i guess we'll keep the happy hour going uh i'd try not to think that far in advance these days <laughs> two more days two more days two more days oh yeah yeah it's, it's, it's wednesday. wednesday already it's wednesday oh my already. god oh it's been a week already. yeah we'll do another happy hour yeah. Uh, I promise not to go grocery shopping right before the happy hour <laughs> i thought leaving at four o'clock would have been plenty of time yeah Little no. did you know. Absolutely not. <laughs> then we had to get home. Then we had to wash everything and yep. wipe down everything, which took an hour in uh -huh. itself. And then finally, Keith was like, I'm off to my happy hour. And I'm like, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. By myself right now because it's acceptable. Uh, and this will be the first episode that has the new theme song that Ooh. now has Katie's name in it. <laughs> <laughs> 
to uh, Tia. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have I have a lot of funny ideas. Uh, have you seen the hand washing meme? Which one? It's like different. Oh, well, like the the one that you can put like song lyrics to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna put one to the the lyrics of the new song. The, there you uh, go. Is it Alex 20 Smith. seconds though? It's fifth. Oh no, you're right. <gasps> it's gonna be 15 <gasps> seconds. Just sing it twice. You'll be better safe than sorry. Yeah. Sing it twice. <laughs> twice is nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alex Smith, uh, who performs under the name Howell Dotty, uh, wrote the new theme song. So check oh, out thank you. It's Howell awesome. Dotty. Yeah. Real funny. Uh, his other songs are hilarious. And uh, he has this um, streaming thing that he does um, with the possum. It's, it's like a guy in a possum suit. And because why not? <laughs> that, that it's real funny really though. Funny. I, I love it. Uh, I think they do it on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, nice. So that's fun to watch. Yeah, I'll catch y'all next time. I guess in in two days. 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 Whatever. Time. Days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. See you. Bye guys. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Go Dig a Hole. You can find us on social media at Go Dig a Hole on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, you'll find information there about our weekly digital happy hour. And you can join us and a bunch of strangers from the internet on a Zoom call uh, where we uh, unwind and uh, share some beverages and some laughs at the end of the week. You'll also find information about our upcoming uh, movie night where you can uh, join us in streaming a movie. Uh, Don Verdeen will be the next one that we'll watch together. Uh, also, once again, a huge shout out to Howell Dottie for the new theme song. I hope you all enjoy that. Uh, if you're able to support us on Patreon, you can find us at uh, patreon.com forward slash go dig a hole. All your support means a lot, especially in these times. Um, so, yep. Yeah, thanks again. Stay safe. <laughs>